With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Stephen Nill, CEO of CharityChannel.com. So, you want your charity to succeed. You came to the right place. Integration of online and offline techniques is the key to your successful fundraising, and practical advice on going green is what you need. With this show, The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart, you will learn from experts around the world who provide advice you can use. Our host is Ted Hart, one of the foremost nonprofit thought leaders. This year, he is celebrating 25 years in the nonprofit sector and the 10-year anniversary of his firm, tedhart.com. His books range from successful online fundraising to the use of social media and how to make your nonprofit green. His guests are leaders in their field who will share tips and trade secrets for nonprofit management, green strategy, and fundraising success. Ted lectures around the world, but now he's here for you. From the latest in charity news, technology, fundraising, and social networking, here's Ted. And good afternoon, everyone. This is Ted Hart, and I welcome you to the Nonprofit Coach. A special welcome to everyone around the world, but mostly to uh, those in the United States coming back from the celebration of the Columbus Day holiday, and to our special friends in Canada uh, who are coming back and joining us just coming off from their Thanksgiving Day holiday. Uh, It is today, Tuesday, October 12th. I am coming to you live uh, from the nation's capital, and as always on the Nonprofit Coach, we start with page one. show for you here today on the Nonprofit Coach. As always, prepare to call in to our very special page two guests. Uh, you can call in at 347-324-3080. Uh, we are also over in the chat room if you'd like to ask questions there. Uh, or for those of you who may be super shy, uh, you can also email me at tedhart at tedhart.com. Our very special page two guest experts today come to us from TechSoup. From TechSoup Global, we have Gail Samuelson uh, Carpentier, who is the Chief Business uh, Development Officer at TechSoup Global, and she'll be joined here on page two by Jane Zwang, uh, who is with TechSoup Canada. The first up here on page one is a reminder here in the United States very pressing deadline this week on October 15th. The Internal Revenue Service uh, has set the final filing date for all of those hundreds of thousands of charities here in the United States who are about ready to lose their nonprofit status. I did a quick review of just some local charities, uh, and the list that is provided by the IRS has 
6,000 charities in the state of Maryland alone and 3,000 charities uh, in the District of Columbia who are set to lose their tax-exempt status on October 15th. Uh, we've talked about this a couple of times here on the Nonprofit Coach. Uh, this has been a long time in coming and lots of warnings. Uh, these are typically smaller charities who in the past have not had to file a 990 form with the IRS. Now the law has changed and all charities must file the IRS 990 form even if they're filing the 990N uh, form, which is just a very, very quick filing, but nonetheless still needs to be filed. The IRS has released, and you'll find over in the radio links at tedhartradio.com, a list of all 321,091 exempt, tax-exempt organizations who have not yet filed uh, and do risk losing their tax-exempt status on October 15th. There will be no further extensions for these charities, uh, and uh, uh, after the IRS announces early next year which small groups have had their tax-exempt status revoked under the law, organizations will have to reapply to the IRS for new exemptions by filing some completed paperwork and paying a fee of up to $850. And most importantly, they're going to have to wait for their paperwork to be processed. So my advice is also over in the radio links today at tedhartradio.com, you will find a very handy guide that has been put together by GuideStar. And this is the IRS toolkit, which helps public the public reach out to small nonprofits who are in danger of losing their tax-exempt status. So please, please, if you know of a charity or you are supporting a charity, please go to the radio links today at tedhartradio.com. You will find a link to the GuideStar IRS toolkit, and from there you will be able to click on the link that says review the IRS list of at-risk organizations. All organizations that are at risk uh, are listed there, and please reach out to that charity this week. Do it today. They only have until October 15th for you to help spread the word. So check that out at tedhartradio.com. Just click on the radio links. Next up is we have a couple of trainings that are coming up. We receive a lot of emails here at tedhart.com from organizations that are looking for the very best in training, and we've got two very, very good opportunities for you. First up is a webinar next uh, on Tuesday, October 26th, so two weeks from now, right after uh, the Nonprofit Coach radio show at 2 p.m. Uh, on October 26th, 2 p.m. Eastern, you'll have the opportunity. I will be back uh, in a webinar with Karma 411, and this time we're going to be talking about adding punch to your holiday appeal with grassroots fundraising. So don't miss that opportunity. We've highlighted in the radio links uh, the link where you can go right online and register. This is, of course, free of charge uh, for you, but you do need to pre-register so that you've got the link that will allow you to participate uh, in this particular webinar. Now, we all know that charitable organizations are focused in year-end giving and that November and December are really, really important times for online fundraising. Well, it's no different this year. In a down economy, we want to give you all the hope we can. So over in the radio links at tedhartradio.com, you'll find the link 
for the October 26th webinar. Uh, next up is that same week, uh, we're going to provide a live training. This is a live training that's going to be provided uh, that's sponsored by Artez Interactive. We're very pleased uh, to have a partnership with Artez, and this is going to take place in Charleston, North or Char I'm sorry, please forgive me, Charlotte, North Carolina. So, uh, and there's special instructions over in the radio links today where you do need to email Kieran, and we've provided that link to you, or grab a pen, you can just call 877-815-8777, ask for extension 437, and you'll be able to get your free invitation. But you do need to uh, seek that invitation uh, before you can attend uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina. Again, that phone number at 877-815-8777. Uh, and that's extension 437. So again, uh, the week uh, of the uh, uh, radio show, we will have the radio show that same day uh, on the uh, on uh, uh, in right here on on uh, online. There'll be a webinar. Uh, we'll have the the radio show, uh, and then that same week we'll be down in Charlotte, North Carolina, on October 29th. So don't forget, and right there in the radio links, you'll find all the information that you need. Uh, for the webinar, uh, for the free webinar, and uh, for the uh, uh, training. So the webinar, again, is on October 26th. The training in Charlotte, North Carolina is October 29th. Next up here on the radio links is another creative use of Facebook. We provided you a link over in the radio links at tedhartradio.com. Uh, and this is a partnership with Town Place Suites. Uh, from Marriott, and they're doing a fundraiser for American Red Cross, where everybody has an opportunity to make a bed, uh, and they will donate $2 to American Red Cross Disaster Relief Fund, and they're hoping to donate $50,000 for that cause. Uh, but also, uh, and, and nice for everybody who might participate and make a bed on Facebook, uh, is that you could also win a seven-night stay and a flip video camera. So we thought we'd share that with you. Another creative way uh, that Facebook is being used to raise money for charitable organizations. Next up here on the Nonprofit Coach, page one, uh, is a very interesting uh, description of new changes over at Facebook. Lots of changes going on, and the, the new buzz right now uh, is the just relaunched groups feature on Facebook. A little bit of uh, controversy here uh, because not everybody is sure that they want to be part of a group. You can just invite people into a group, and it's an opt-out as opposed to an opt-in. Uh, but one of the things I did want to know is I don't think charities should jump to creating groups right now. Let's let this settle down a little bit and see uh, how much this takes off. I know I've already been added to a few groups uh, uh, already, and one of the things that, that uh, uh, is a little bothersome is that you start receiving emails uh, from all the uh, activity uh, in that group. Uh, and there is a notation over in the radio links. Uh, you'll be able to follow the five Q&As about new Facebook groups. And one of the things that um, I think is particularly interesting is this question about how you can cut down on all the email uh, notifications and will you have access to other people's private information. Well, one of the most important things there is that if you have limited access 
to your profile in the Facebook privacy settings, those will carry over. And just because you've been added to a group doesn't mean that that's going to be uh, violated. So make sure that you read about the five Q&As about the new Facebook groups before you make any decisions about whether or not you are going to be adding uh, Facebook groups uh, to your particular uh, organization. Uh, next up here on the, uh, the nonprofit coach uh, is uh, a very interesting article that I find from Social Media Today. Uh, you'll enjoy reading this link that shares with us that 43% of news uh, sharing online is done through social media. Uh, and uh, that's not too terribly surprising uh, that uh, we're seeing a lot of use of, uh, of social media for, uh, for news. Uh, but what I do want to make note of here uh, for all of our listeners here on the Nonprofit Coach is just how powerful social media is uh, for news. And now that 43% of news is being shared online, this is great opportunities for non nonprofit organizations. You don't have to be CNN any, a, anymore. Uh, the role of influencers in news sharing and the way that news is gathered now and your presence on the Internet uh, the frequency that information is shared uh, all over the web. So read all about that and start thinking about how you can position your organization to be a resource of information to draw more attention to your cause. I've mentioned it several times uh, here on the Nonprofit Coach, uh, and I've mentioned it very often in my lectures, and how I view Internet banking as a leading indicator uh, for online charitable donations. The reason for that is, is that as people become more and more comfortable uh, uh, transacting their own personal financial business online, they're much more open, likely to be open, to charitable organizations suggesting that they now conduct their philanthropic business online as well. Well, here's some really good news from Bank Systems and Technology. You'll find over in the radio links at tedhartradio.com uh, a survey that shows that consumers now prefer Internet banking. This is so interesting. Results of the American Bankers Association survey released um, just last week show that 36% of bank customers prefer online banking over any other channel. That is just, it was second, it was the second consecutive year in which online banking beat out all other channels, while branch visits came in second, with 25% of customers indicating that they still prefer to bank in person. So this is a clear indication that uh, online banking has fully penetrated uh, that market and is really, really, really good news uh, for uh, charitable organizations that are looking to raise money online. The general demographic of those surveyed who preferred Internet banking were adults under 55 years of age with income greater than 75000 So we're really getting that profile of that online donor really starting to look at uh, at that from the perspective of they're probably doing online banking as well. Important study that, uh, that was announced here uh, on the Globe and Mail. So uh, our Canadian uh, folks, uh, we picked this up uh, from uh, Adrian Morrow, uh, who uh, uh, had an article in the Globe and Mail that developing world is embracing mobile devices and social networking. And this survey 
very important study uh, that finds contained in digital life, uh, billed as the largest study ever done into consumers' online pre uh, preferences. The wide-ranging survey with nearly 50,000 Internet users in 46 countries that represent 90% of the world's Internet use. So lots of really important information, and I really want to draw your attention, particularly uh, if you are in developing countries and you're listening to the Nonprofit Coach right now uh, or listening to us in, uh, in our podcast, make sure that you go to the radio links and read all about this uh, study. Because it, if, And also, for those of you who are, maybe are in developing countries, and are looking to uh, email and online provide information to developing countries. This is very important information about the culture of online use and mobile use uh, in developing uh, countries. So all of that information is, again, available to you at tedhartradio.com and click on the radio links. Uh, as we get prepared for page two, I just want to remind you that you can call in to 347 324 uh, and ask a question of our page two experts today. We're also uh, over in the chat room, uh, so don't miss the opportunity to ask a question in the chat room if you'd like. I see all you folks over in the chat room right now. Uh, and also, uh, you can email me at tedhartradio.com. With that, we're going to wrap up page one and move on to page two. I really could not be more excited about having TechSoup right here on the Nonprofit Coach. In almost every one of my lectures, I share with charities how important it is that they know about TechSoup. The services that are available through TechSoup Global are now available around the world to listeners of the Nonprofit Coach. Today here on the Nonprofit Coach, we have two experts coming to us from TechSoup. We have Gail Samuelson Carpentier, who is the Chief Business Development Officer at TechSoup Global, and James Wang, who is the TechSoup uh, with TechSoup Canada. Two experts that are coming to us from TechSoup, which offers nonprofits uh, non a one-stop resource for technology needs for providing both free information and resources, but also access to donated software uh, and low-cost software. So joining me here uh, in the Nonprofit Coach page two, uh, I've got Gail and Jane. Are you both here with us on the Nonprofit Coach? Hello, Ted. This is Gail. Hi, and Hello, this is Gail. Jane. How are you? Is Jane with us as well? Hi, I'm here. Can you guys hear me? I can. You're both here live on the Nonprofit Coach, right here on page two, and we've got our two experts from TechSoup. Uh, Gail, I'm going to ask you to start off today uh, by letting us know what is TechSoup, and even more exciting for all of our listeners around the world, what is TechSoup Global? Well, that's an, uh, a long question. I hope your show's long enough. Um, but uh, we are a, a 501c3 nonprofit based in San Francisco, Ted, and we have the pleasure of having been around since 1987. Uh, originally, we were called the Computer Project, and it was really a very small endeavor back then, founded by one of our current CEOs, Daniel Ben Horan. And it was one basic, simple idea that still drives us today, which is to really help nonprofits understand technology so they can better fulfill their mission, whatever that mission may be. We're fairly agnostic on that topic. But our belief is that by incorporating technology, nonprofits can improve the delivery 
and create social benefit throughout the world. Over the years, we've um, morphed into a variety of different things, some direct hands-on services. And in 2000, we launched the TechSoup.org website. And it's really designed for what we, at that point, called the accidental techie, the person that would say, oh, Ted, you're having trouble installing that software. I know how to help you with that. And that poor person who made that offer de facto became the accidental techie or that ad hoc IT person. And so TechSoup was really designed to help that individual in a less than formal setting understand how they could leverage what little bit of knowledge they had to actually run a nonprofit's background technology. And we learned very quickly after we launched, even though we had great forum uh, participation, thousands of pages of content on the site to help people look at different areas of technology from networking to software selection to hardware to how to deal with online fundraising, but without the products and services to implement that knowledge, we really were missing a big part of what we were there to do. So that's when I entered the story. I joined TechSoup in 2001 as their original business development officer, and really since that time have played a role in moving our organization to the level we are today with bringing in 45 separate donation programs, all delivered in an environment of deep information and education. So nonprofits, without having a whole lot of IT infrastructure, can in fact benefit from the knowledge and the support of some amazing companies. Well, this is such an important service, and uh, Daniel certainly was uh, a, a visionary. I remember when we, uh, when I founded the E-Philanthropy Foundation, you know, there was Complementor and, and, uh, and soon after uh, TechSoup, and it's really just grown into such a bedrock service uh, here um, uh, and around the world. I was wondering, Jane, if you can share with us, um, you represent TechSoup Canada, um, and so you're part of the TechSoup Global family. Um, what, what is TechSoup Global? Uh, TechSoup Global is uh, essentially a global network of organizations uh, that come together and work on one common goal, which is really to allow nonprofit organizations from around the world to gain access to technology. So from our perspective, uh, we are part of the Center for Social Innovation here in Toronto, Canada, and we're very excited to be uh, part of the global network as TechSoup Canada. Uh, what it allows us to do is to be able to offer the uh, uh, product donation service available through TechSoup Global, but in addition to that, add on to our own uh, local uh, donation program and services to allow us to better service the nonprofit uh, organizations in Canada. Well, those are so important. Uh, Gail, I was wondering if you could share with us and our listeners uh, the other countries that you're involved with. I was so uh, honored to have the opportunity to uh, help share information about SangoNet Tech, or Sango Tech, I'm sorry, uh, in South Africa when I lectured there and did a three-series uh, in Johannesburg, Durban, and Cape Town working with SangoNet. Um, they're also part of uh, TechSoup Global. Uh, where else are you now present around the world? Well, a total of 33 countries, Ted, and it's an interesting mix because actually we have one basic idea of which, again, nonprofits need technology, but I assure you, sitting here in San Francisco, the ability to be able to say what they need in Botswana or what they need in Ottawa or what they need in um, Italy, where we've just launched recently, is somewhat difficult. So we've made, I think, a really good decision to partner with on-the-ground nonprofits like Jane's Group in Canada 
so we have local representation, so we can have those folks interpret that landscape for us. We can help them with tremendous amounts of content. We help them build the infrastructure that we've, at this point, I believe we're the only really large-scale online donation program in the world that I've uncovered, at least at this point. And so we no, try no, to help Absolutely, you are. I work around the world, and, and, uh, and a lot of roads do come back to, uh, to TechSoup. And, and one of the most important things, and, and of course we'll explore uh, all the various services that you folks offer and why I believe that all the listeners of, of uh, the Nonprofit Coach should know uh, and, and become intimately aware of all the services that are available at TechSoup. Uh, one of the things that, of course, draws people uh, to you is TechSoup stock, and we've provided uh, a link uh, in the radio links today, so all of our listeners can go to tedhartradio.com, click on the radio links, and you will find a link for TechSoup stock. Uh, so, Gail, can you talk to us about that? And, of course, one of the most important things that people are interested in today is how can I get donated software for my organization? Well, true, but I, actually, if you don't mind, I do want to go back and finish a little bit about the, the internationalization, because we do partner with those organizations in the ground, and they... So if you're in a different country, if you're in Israel, you'll go to the version of TechSoup Israel mm -hmm. and you'll register free of charge. That organization will validate your nonprofit status as if it's very much like a, uh, the equivalent to an American 501c3, which again is the most socially driven, the one, as you know as well as anyone, Ted, the most stringent amount of uh, detailed reporting required to be able to get the special benefits that come with that. And... For the donation program, once you are validated uh, as a formal 501c3, we've looked at your budget. We can confirm what it is. We can confirm your nonprofit status, your physical location, your mission. And then you, at that point, you can go online and request donations from a family of donating partners. Now, not every organization donates everything to everybody. Uh, we don't really think going bankrupt through philanthropy is a good social mission for anyone. But uh, so, for instance, here in the U.S., you can be validated and go in and request products from Microsoft, Cisco, Symantec, SAP, uh, Bytes of Learning, which is a lovely Canadian company that does a great piece of software called uh, UltraKey for teaching kids how to type, and adults how to type. And then at the end of the checkout process, at that point, it will look very much like an e-commerce transaction. But special scripting will run uh, with an engine that we developed that compares the giving criteria of each of those companies against your unique organizational profile. And you'll find out in seconds if you qualify for any of those donations that will help you run more efficiently. And that's per country, so there may be separate rules or, or regulations, and that's why you work with partners in each of those countries so that they help you with that validation. Is that correct? Absolutely. You know, we're not going to be able from San Francisco to tell you if you are a valid nonprofit in France. We have great people in France that can do that. But uh, our role here is really to create a, a strong underpinning or a network to be able to connect all those users, to connect them back to some of the largest multinational players in technology that want to support nonprofits. And that is, I think, the unique thing that TechSoup brings is that you can figure out a need, figure out the solution, and then hopefully if I've done my job, since much of what I do is to go talk to companies to get them to become donating partners, is to be able to find those resources for pennies on the dollar because at the end of that process we do, because we are 501c3 ourselves, as are most of our international partners, 
that they will charge a small administrative fee to cover the end-to-end range of services we provide. And at that point, we know that nonprofit has two things going on. One, they've helped us stay sustainable, which is, I think, important right now. But the bigger thing is that it also incentivizes that organization to take that donation a little more seriously. It isn't hard to get people to accept donations, to get something for free, but to get them to open the box, install the software, put up the server, to be able to learn the technology is really what makes the difference. Well, of course, there is no value value to the software unless it's used. And, of Mm -hmm. course, those that you're working with who want to donate, they're doing that to improve the operations of charities, so making sure that that's used. Just a couple of reminders here on page two on the Nonprofit Coach is you can call in to 347-324-3080. I do see several people on the switchboard. You just need to press one to raise your hand to let me know that you actually would like to ask a question uh, here on the Nonprofit Coach. Now, Gail and uh, Jane, we do have a question over in the chat room uh, Mm -hmm. today, and I want to ask that of you on behalf of our guests in the chat room. Are only registered charities able to participate? What about nonprofits like Greenpeace or consultants to the nonprofit sector? Uh, Can they register and can they obtain software as well? Uh, well, Jane, I'm going to say since they wrote charity, I'm going to assume that this could be a Canadian uh, viewer uh, or listener. Well, why don't you answer that one? Yes, absolutely. Um, and this is one of the benefits of having a partner in the individual countries um, for TechSoup Global is that uh, in the U.S. you have the 501c3 status, but once you get into Canada, we actually have uh, registered charities, nonprofit organizations, and other types of. We all kind of lumped all of them under the nonprofit sector, um, but they are different types of organizations. So for Canada, uh, a lot of our donation program. For example, Adobe and Symantec at the moment is available only to charities. But we do have some products, uh, Microsoft and Intuit, that are open to nonprofits as well. So in these cases, we encourage whether or not you are just a nonprofit and not a charity or a charity um, to contact us and register and send us the documentation for the type of nonprofit or charity that you are, and we will do the eligibility on your behalf and let you know which of the programs that you will be eligible for. Um, And I was just thinking as you were talking, Gail, that this is another thing that uh, we also do is we do become a voice on behalf of nonprofits. For example, in Canada, we're able to go back to corporations like Microsoft and say, well, the charity pricing program that you had designed for Canada is probably designed based on what's available in the U.S. So because we have a better knowledge, on-the-ground knowledge of our sector and how things work, we're able to actually work with Microsoft Corporate and Microsoft Canada to redesign not just the donation program, but also their charity pricing program that's outside of TechSoup. Uh, stock, and we've uh, managed to make it a lot more accessible to charities in Canada. And one of the things going forward that we would like to work on is how do we talk to donor partners and educate them the differences between the different, uh, I guess, 501c3 equivalent organizations in different countries, and how can we actually help to localize the, um, the, the donation, donation programs in each country. So that's where, that's where you, as you said, um, essentially you become an advocate at that point on behalf of, of the, the group that's asking you that question, and you, you become the voice to 
to whichever, you know, if it's Microsoft or Adobe or whatever, to find out that answer for them. And that's primarily, I, I'm guessing, because uh, they don't want all those charities contacting them directly? Well, it's it's that, but it's also another way of looking at it. We're able to go to the table with Microsoft and look at it from a business perspective, right? So if we will say we think you should open up to this particular type of nonprofit, um, they're not a charity right now, but they do similar work. So we have that knowledge that Microsoft may not have. So it's, it's this communication instead of the nonprofit themselves trying to contact Microsoft, which sounds like, hey, you know, I'm an organization that should receive the donation. Now, we have this conversation where it's facilitated and we're able to speak on behalf of nonprofits but also coming at it from from a business angle as well. That's terrific. And uh, for all of our listeners uh, around the world and, and uh, particularly uh, 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 in Canada that uh, is asking this specific question, uh, our crack team here at uh, uh, the Nonprofit Coach has added a link to the radio links today. So if you go back to uh, the radio links, you will now find uh, a link to TechSoup Global, uh, where you'll be able to see a list of all of the various countries uh, which are covered. And I, I think, uh, uh, Gail, you said that, that it's, it's a 33 countries. Did I get that 30 right? 33 with the launch of uh, Italy about a, a week and a half ago. So, yes. So 33 countries are listed at TechSoup Global. Uh, you now find that link in the radio links at tedhartradio.com. Uh, what are some of, uh, Gail, I'm just wondering, what are some of the most popular donations uh, that, that are received? Well, I think yeah, the interesting thing about how the donation program worked in the 10 years I've been there is that nonprofits tend to, you know, it's astounding the array of things we're now able to bring forward thanks to the generosity of all those great companies. But it is astounding that the average nonprofit makes barely over one request a year on average. And those are usually things for very specific needs. Uh, we have yet to see anybody take advantage of everything they could qualify for. And so you'll see, for example, a lot of Microsoft requests for basic fun functionality for operating systems for office suites. Uh, we'll find a lot of folks requesting semantics to keep their systems secure, up, up and running safely. You'll see a tremendous array of things coming from Intuit for their QuickBooks donations. Particularly, you'll see uh, tremendous amounts. I'm going to leave somebody out. I feel like I'm standing at the Academy Awards, <laughs> and I don't want to leave anyone out. Uh, but you're also dealing with, I would say, Adobe is, especially Adobe Acrobat, is uh, one that almost every nonprofit that comes up on a regular basis will request at some point. And the interesting but, part about I, it is I, they try again, to have... Of, a, of a, uh, a misconception on the part of a lot of charities uh, that are even aware of TechSoup uh, in that they can make multiple um, selections and they don't have to do it all one time a year. Is that correct? That's correct. Every every one of our donating partners has slightly different rules. It's one of the things our operational team would dearly love if it wasn't true. But philanthropy for business as it is for each of us as humans uh, is really personal to them. And so you'll never want to assume the rules for one donating partner are the same as another. Uh, for example, the Microsoft rules, which do ask you to think ahead and to make one request a year on average. There's some exceptions to that. Uh, but you can request uh, up to certain limits of Cisco throughout the year. Most of our organizations will have limits on how much you can request. Very few have limits on how many times a year you can make that query. Mm -hmm. So it's worth coming back to TechSoup uh, 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 and finding 
new, new services that are available. Uh, if your country is not currently listed, um, there may be new countries that are coming on. Any, any announcements you can make in terms of, you know, Italy just came on, on board. Are there other countries that are, that are close to or that you're working on right now, or is 33 pretty much where it's going to be for a while? Oh, no. We, our team always has a tremendous array of activities. In fact, on that page where all of our donating partners or our partner portal members are listed, you'll see there's a, at the bottom of that list a, a little array of uh, underneath the United States that says upcoming countries. And so, for example, okay. Israel, which actually uh, has launched, Czech Republic is coming up next. We are making queries right now in the, as we call it, in our pipeline uh, for Austria, for Portugal, as well as for South Korea. So uh, our listeners in, in all those countries um, should continue to stay in contact uh, with TechSoup, and a few folks keep us posted here. We'll, of course, make announcements of any country that's, uh, that's added and any uh, significant partners that might be added uh, as well. What, what is the most popular product, um, and has that changed over time, or uh, is, uh, is there a range of products that tend to be? You, you mentioned that almost everybody wants uh, Adobe Acrobat. Um, what else might be very popular? Oh, I would say easily the uh, the two new Microsoft uh, offerings over this last year, Windows 7 particularly, was a very highly requested product, as well as their uh, recent release of Office. And I would say those are probably some of the newest ones. One of the things that I'm most pleased in my side of the work is that most of our major partners will also make sure when they do new releases that our nonprofits that receive donations get access to those products as soon as they become market available. And that is yeah, that's one of the things that's really amazing uh, about charities. You know, as I lecture and I, sh I share, you know, it seems that three quarters of most audiences have never heard of TechSoup, uh, and then there's a, another quarter that have heard of it, and either have used it, or, as I said, are under some sort of misconception that you know they get one shot a year or things of that sort. So I'm glad we can kind of dispel that. Uh, but when you start looking at some of these services, I mean, uh, uh, Gail and, and Jane, it's, it's really amazing for charities to think about being able to upgrade to Microsoft Windows 7 uh, for 8 to $9 administration fee uh, mm -hmm. and, and absolutely unheard of uh, to be able to get the latest Microsoft Office 2010. Uh, and that's the Office, that just, that's not just one offering like you know, Outlook, for 24 to $31. Uh, per offering. I mean, this really puts legal licensed software on every computer of your charity within reach. And, and it's an exciting activity for us. I think you know one of the things that we're really pleased about is that again, you know, so many of these nonprofits, and frankly, in San Francisco, I'm sure I can go four blocks down and find a nonprofit who doesn't know about us. That it is. Uh, in the very beginning, I would get phone calls from people going, this is too good to be true. How could it be possible that these companies want to donate to us when we don't even know them? They haven't ever met us. And it is really part of the 21st century expansion of people's thinking that I want to do good where the need is rather than somebody I just happen to come across or somebody who sent exactly. me a pack I mean, of it's, it's so much of fundraising, and it's absolutely true, and, and I don't want anybody to feel that, uh, that that it's uh, that it's not still very personal. But what we're talking about here is really mass donation of product uh, and a portal through which uh, these uh, very important companies, uh, Intuit, Microsoft, Symantec, Adobe, Citrix, I mean, all these companies which have 
very expensive uh, software, you know, oftentimes out of reach for uh, most small to mid-sized uh, charities. They want charities to be able to succeed, but they also don't want uh, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of charities contacting them, and that's why they've, they've contracted with you, and basically uh, they're outsourcing that philanthropic effort uh, to someone who knows what they're doing. Is that right? I wouldn't say that was the main reason, but you'll find that people often will want to do more of their philanthropy, and they recognize that making their program available underneath the umbrella of an organization that brings lots of donations together gives them more visibility to the market. And most nonprofits, frankly, do not think of themselves as nonprofits. They think of themselves as, I run a small community theater. I am working on my local environmental issues in Maryland. I'm... Uh, take you know any of the thousands of types of nonprofit uh, activities, and they think about their mission first. They think about their mission second and third. Actually, technology comes much later down that line of priorities. And I think one of my favorite stories was a group in the Midwest that had uh, acquired Semantic uh, antivirus, and because they had gotten that. They had gotten some Adobe software to maintain their website. They had gotten some other things from Microsoft. It was a suite of solutions that helped them that they were able to do their own web maintenance and took those extra funds and applied it to their mission. In this case, it was helping uh, children with Down syndrome actually learn how to ride horses to build self-esteem, body energy and, and positioning and strength. And so they sent us a package of pictures of these kids riding these new horses and we were able to share that with Semantic. And so it's, you know, the world gets very small very quickly when you can say, working together, look at what we achieved for these kids that really needed the help. And I think at the end of the day, yeah, we, all have of a, an, well, we have an email question that's, uh, that's just come in uh, from uh, Pat in Atlanta, and she was uh, asking about faith-based organizations and whether or not they qualify uh, for TechSoup donations. It, most uh, religious organizations, the church themselves per se, usually are 501c3 or they count as a 501c3. Uh, for many of our donating partners, they perceive, and I think reasonably so, religion is uh, essentially if you're only asking for support for your particular parish center, for instance, and it goes just to your religious community, that is actually a form of advocacy. Now, on the other hand, if you are running a community-based activity, and this is true for anybody in the religious arena, that you can ask for an exception to say, I am seeking this software for my community daycare center or for my elder lunch program or my food bank. If you are doing something that is a secular or non-religious service offering to a folks that are not necessarily in your religious community, all you need to do is reach out to one of our customer service folks, and they can walk you through the exception process for that. Now, on the well, other hand, you'll I'm sorry, yeah. go ahead, Ted. I was going to say, uh, we have the link in the radio links at tedhartradio.com uh, to TechSoup. Um, what, what is the process? Is it uh, uh, that they, they go there first and register, and, and then they can sort of look around, or is there a place that they can call and get some, uh, some advice? You, you can do either. Uh, I would say the most effective way, so it's already in our system, is to make a request, be denied, and then you'll uh, either email us with a specific order that you've tried to place and say these are the reasons why I'm applying not for my own religious organization but for the service we do through this program, whatever that may be. And then they normally can do an exception pretty quickly on that. So email or phone calls are fine uh, 
I would say uh, we are a nonprofit, so there is always a little bit of wait time, far more than anyone we would like. But I think, given how long it can take to get through to help desks on any of the major technology players, we're, we're holding our own. I hope. This uh, this next question comes in from uh, from David in Calgary, so I, I, I guess it could be for for either one of you. But uh, uh, the question uh, is a pretty simple one: Is it just software, or is there hardware as well? Well, Jane, why don't you talk about Canada, then I'll talk about the programs in general. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, most <coughs> excuse me, most of our donation programs are about software, but we do have uh, some hardware. So uh, Cisco is. Um, in one of our offering in Canada. Uh, right now, because there are a lot of uh, organizations in Canada offering refurbished uh, laptops and desktops, that is uh, not part of our offering in Canada. I understand it is the offering in uh, with TechSoup Global in the U.S. Um, but feel free, if you do need hardware donations, uh, you are always welcome to give us an email and we can try and uh, refer you to one of the community partners um, that is doing that in, in your community or in Calgary. Uh, Reboot Canada is one of the uh, organizations that uh, we have worked with in the past, um, and they do have different chapters in different locations all over the country. Um, so if you are interested in looking at certain type of hardware donations, one we would definitely be interested in having a chat about what that would be um, and what kind of new donation program we can help to start in Canada if it's not something that we uh, that already, already exists. Um, or if someone else is doing it, we're more than happy to try and offer it, um, try and refer you to the people that are offering that in the community. So it certainly sounds like in, in Canada um, they've got a very good technology advocate uh, on their behalf, and I imagine that's probably true for each of the countries uh, that are listed. Our listeners can go to tedhartradio.com and click on the radio links for today. You will find the link to uh, TechSoup Global where you can find all the countries. Click on Canada, and you'll be able to have all the contact information uh, for, uh, for Jane's uh, group. Uh, now, Gail, you're going to talk to us about for, for U.S.-based charities. Um, can you uh, answer David's uh, question on behalf of U.S. charities. Oh, absolutely. Uh, well, hardware has always been a, a little bit of an elusive thing. I've yet to find anyone at any of the major computing companies willing to admit they have a warehouse full of product that they could just donate to us. So we're always looking for exceptions. But I'm very pleased, at, in addition to Cisco, who's been with us from almost the beginning, uh, we have hardware offerings from people like Dymo, which has made uh, electronic scales available. We have uh, before they were taken over by Oracle, and it's still under discussion. We had some servers from Sun. We're uh, happy to have Seagate on board for their hard drives, and we're in the middle of actually finishing negotiations to expand that program, which is very exciting. In addition, we have um, a wonderful partner that is working with us, Redemtech, which is a refurbisher based out in Ohio, but they have multiple sites around the U.S., and they uh, help us put together our refurbished computer initiative offerings. Since that elusive uh, hardware warehouse full of new computers is not surfaced yet, we do work with Redemtech to create what is uh, the best refurbished computers in the market with warranties, uh, totally refreshed with new operating system, new services, expanded software on in the install when you get it. And that is, uh, you'll see it under, listed under RCI on the TechSoup products page. Okay. And I'm always right, looking so for new options. All of our listeners 
they can go to the radio links at tedhartradio.com, uh, and they'll find uh, TechSoup, TechSoup stock. And so uh, they'll be specifically looking for RCI then? RCI. Yeah, it will be in the upper right-hand corner of the products page. That's terrific. That's terrific. Now, yeah, and Gail and Jane, uh, there's more to TechSoup than just donated software and donated uh, computers. Is that right? What, what else do you folks provide? Well, let me take a uh, one, Jane. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Back yeah. to you, because we have a couple of things coming up, and one of the things that I know a lot of our nonprofits write to us about, our forums are busy all day long with piles of questions, but they're trying to figure out what the cloud means to them. And easily a third of our offerings have some cloud component to them. They're either fully online like Flickr or they are um, in an online database uh, for donor management like eTapestry, and there's a whole array of activities. But we, I just wanted to put a plug in, frankly, for our wonderful webinar team. Uh, it's under on the website. You can search under TechSoup Talks, and we're doing a special feature on cloud computing on the 14th, and we'd love to have your listeners uh, come on board. There's no fee uh, for the webinar, and we'd welcome them to come on and hear some of the thinking about the most effective ways to take advantage of the green aspect of this. Anna Yeager, who heads up our green tech section, will be uh, leading this conversation. And hopefully they'll get a chance to learn a little bit about ways that they can take advantage of both things that they want to run in their own offices, but also put on the cloud. So that's that's a variety of things. But in terms of the U.S. site, we have uh, multiple message forums where if you have questions, we have spectacular hosts who can answer great, uh, fast answers for you. If you're trying to figure out comparisons, at questions about how your unique infrastructure can add technology. We have a blog that you can read and subscribe to. And frankly, I would say if any of your listeners, listeners is trying to figure out the best way to leverage what we have here at TechSoup, I would sign up for our By the Cup, which is a uh, e-newsletter that comes out every week and provides links okay. back to everything new that we're doing. And Jane, what about and I can personally attest to how good that newsletter is and how informative it is uh, for uh, for charity. So I certainly endorse, uh, uh, again, uh, go to the radio links at tedhartradio.com, and you'll be able to follow the link and just sign up uh, for uh, for the newsletter. Um, what other – so you've got the webinars. I, I was just wondering um, – uh, first of all, I want to say thank you for bringing up uh, Anna Yeager. Uh, we have not announced our November uh, series uh, here on the Nonprofit Coach yet, but a little bit of a, of a teaser there for folks is that I believe uh, that we have a green show that, that's, uh, that's being put together right now, uh, and, and it's going to be coming right here on the Nonprofit Coach. Is that correct? That's my understanding, yes. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, I'm I'm uh, I'm very uh, very happy that uh, uh, that that uh, we've got uh, uh, the opportunity for uh, 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 for Anna to come on to the show, and that's uh, that's uh, that's very important here. Um, now, so you've got webinars, and you mentioned the cloud. I was just wondering if if because that is sort of a, a bit of a mystery for a lot of folks. Uh, can you can you share what um, you know being in the cloud uh, is all about? Because that does relate to several, as you mentioned, several of your products, right? It does indeed. Um, so, uh, yes, uh, Jane, let me take that one, I guess, to start with. Uh, but essentially, when you say cloud, I would say the first thing anybody should ask is, what does cloud mean to you? Because I have yet to, in any of my conversations with people on the topic, have them come up with the same answer. And I'm hearing some noise in the background. Is, is that hopefully not coming from me? Can you hear that, Ted? I'm, I'm hearing a little bit as well. I'm not sure uh, uh, if it's uh, from, from you or if it might be coming from, uh, from Jane. 
Okay, well, uh, well, I just didn't want you to What are they running there? But uh, at any rate, well, the cloud really becomes what? what is it that you think it means to you? For many of our folks, cloud is simply where do I access my technology from? Is it sitting in some virtual location or is it sitting in the server in my closet? For some others, it's a really a service question of how do I you know, not need to build an infrastructure and how do I go through and have the opportunity to you know, dial up, dial down my data, uh, whether you're using uh, Salesforce as a database or, or many of the other things like eTapestry and others that are online. Uh, how do I find resources? You know, we essentially anything web-based can be considered cloud. Though I think you'll find people really uh, confused about you know, data security, data access. Uh, I know the work that we do with SAP; they have some tremendous online resources that will help you interpret and understand the data you have so you can better report out what your impact has been in your community, which is a lifesaver when you're applying for grants. But again, you know, I would highly recommend that if you're confused about that, I would you know, check out the uh, webinar we have on the 14th, and those will be reposted if you can't make it during the actual session. But I would say it's an open great. question. But you know, I, my personal belief is that there will always be a need for installed software in your own environment. And it will be a hybrid eventually of you know, things that will automatically be accessed you know, from the virtual cloud universe and things that you will want to keep your own hands on. Yeah, and, and, and it is important to you know to think about accessibility as well. Just a reminder to all of our listeners, you can uh, dial in and ask a question uh, of TechSoup at 347-324-3080. Uh, and Gail and Jane, I believe we do have a, a caller. Uh, caller, are you with us here on the Nonprofit Coach? Uh, yeah. Can you hear me? Uh, go ahead. What's your name? Uh, yeah, my name is Ann. I want to thank you all for taking my call. Yes, go ahead. Uh, You're live yeah. here on the Nonprofit Code. Okay. Well, I just had a quick question. Um, I've been listening um, to the conversation here for about 30 minutes, and I understand that um, you're, you're um, hooking up uh, organizations with um, donations, particularly um, when it comes to information and technology. And my question was, do you have any information or do you have any um, donors or partners that are willing to donate their time or their expertise to nonprofits uh, in terms of capacity building uh, wow. in developing the organization? Capacity uh, building in technology, our, our focus is on technology today, but to, to do assessments and things of that sort, is that what you're asking, Carl? Uh, well, no, not no. I'm asking, do you have people that will donate their time or expertise in terms of organizational development, leadership development, um, planning, strategic planning, and so on and so forth? Some of those uh, intangible uh, things. Those are a little bit outside of the TechSoup uh, uh, range of services, isn't it? Or do you also connect with consultants? Well, you know, Actually, I would say – go ahead, Jane. You take that one. Sorry, I was just going to say that um, definitely what – I can probably draw on some of the events that we've done in the past is uh, everything we do at TechSoup Canada and probably TechSoup Global is going to be related to technology, but technology by itself isn't really that interesting. It, it exists to serve the organization's mission, organization's goals. So when you talk about technology, you kind of have to talk about strategic planning and capacity building. Um, and one perfect example is what we're doing right now with Microsoft through the NGO Connection Days. Uh, during the NGO Connection Days, it is 
to talk about Microsoft uh, products, but really the content, if you look at what's been happening uh, with the different NGO connection days in the different countries, it's really to look at technology and what it means to an organization. So what we've done um, is to look at how technology can build uh, capacity for an organization. How can you utilize technology to do a strategic planning? What do you need to think about? when you're doing strategic planning in terms of uh, what, how are you going to use the, te the technology to help you increase your capacity, um, how are you going to do fundraising, how are you going to connect online fundraising with offline events, et cetera. So, um, yes, what we do is about technology, but I like to say at the end of the day, in order to talk about about technology, we actually shouldn't talk about technology. We should talk about what you're doing as an organization and, and how can we help you to best service uh, your communities. So we don't necessarily have a specific program where you have expertise that will come in and give you a workshop on leadership or uh, a expert that will come in and do a workshop on strategic planning for the organization. But for TechSoup Canada, we have been uh, speaking at conferences on how to do uh, strategic planning in terms of technology and what are some of the things you need to think about or how do you integrate technology into part of your marketing plan, et cetera. So these things are all connected. Um, and, and those are very, very important points, and they are really all yeah. uh, all connected. Uh, I think, uh, Anne, um, where, yes. where are you calling from? Actually, I'm calling from uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm sorry, where are you calling from? Uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh, Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, yes. well, one of the things that I might draw your attention to is uh, right below the radio links uh, in uh, tedhartradio.com, you'll see a link for the P2P fundraising.org newsletter. In the newsletter, we are featuring a podcast of a prior show uh, that featured the Foundation Center, and I think that could be an additional resource for you in terms of finding uh, other uh, funds uh, for uh, for your organization as well. But, Jane, you made a very important uh, point here in terms of the bigger picture and the strategic approach uh, to uh, the use of technology. Being mindful uh, of the time here, and thank you so much for calling in, and thank you to everyone who emailed and asked questions in uh, the chat room today. Um, I just wanted to uh, wrap up here with, uh, with Gail and Jane uh, and ask uh, each of you to just share uh, one last thought that you have in terms of the utilization of TechSoup and what's most important for charities to keep in mind. Uh, Gail, do you want to go first? Sure, be happy to. You know, I would I want to echo what Jane said. It is true, technology by itself is merely a tool. It's how you use the tool that actually matters. And I would and suggest that your folks out uh, across your listening universe should really, when you think about TechSoup, before you just think about products, think about the array of information. The, and it goes back to your caller's question about volunteerism. Each one of the hosts on our forums are, in fact, volunteers. They are there to help answer questions, and it's not always about technology. Sometimes it's about efficiency. I've uh, lost track of the number of conversations I've sat in different uh, corporations, and they are all looking at volunteerism and how their people can get engaged. One of the great benefits of doing a donation program is it exposes them more every single day to what nonprofits are doing, and their desire is not just to give them stuff, but to make it more important for their engagement, to say, here's, for example, what I've done with SAP, and here's how SAP people want to continue to help me do better on a variety of different levels. Well, I'm going to have to jump 
there. And Jane, I'm sorry, we're not going to have time for one one last thought there. We are running out of time here on the Nonprofit Coach. I want to thank you, uh, Gail and Jane, for joining us here on the Nonprofit Coach. Uh, this week I'll be in New York and Columbus, Ohio. Uh, next week back on the Nonprofit Coach, uh, and uh, we will be uh, uh, graced with Dottie Schillinger, who's going to be here talking to us about e-governance. So joining us back here at 12 noon Eastern on Tuesday next week, thank you again for everyone joining us here on the Nonprofit Coach. You can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.